Welcome to the Gatecast and our journey to the Pegasus Galaxy and the City of the Ancients, Atlantis. Hello, good evening and welcome to Gatecast episode 243. And we have someone obviously competing for Brad's number of episodes recorded with. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Thank you. This is another episode that uh, you picked out. Any particular reason? I don't recall anymore. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> it's been five years. Who's counting? Yeah. Well, I sat down to watch this episode the other day. Then I went, uh, I've listened to the commentary, and there was no commentary. <laughs> oh, no. That's terrible, that is. Then I spent about half an hour trying to find out one little bit of information about the episode, which would have been mentioned on a commentary if there was one. <laughs> there, there. Pat, pat, pat. I'm just miming patting you gently on the head. Okay. <laughs> yeah, welcome to the show, everybody. This is going to be the real world. We are recording it on a Sunday. A little bit of a change this week, just to uh, work in Jeff's schedule. Now he's back in teaching full-time. Yay! Eighth grade language arts. Yes. Of course, it makes it a little bit difficult when it's tropical weather conditions in the classroom. Yeah, that was bad. <laughs> Don't you have AC? No. Really? It was, It hit 30 on Friday, and I'm on the third floor in a building with no air conditioning. Aye. You don't want to pamper the kids. You don't want to passing out with heat stroke either. The strong will survive. They were actually going through the building and looking for spare fans in rooms that weren't being used to bring them up to the third floor. And I guess they went out this weekend to buy more. They went to buy more? Oh, I thought that only existed in Chuck. To buy more fans. Not yes, to buy yes, more right. It's not even subtly based on certain other stores, is it? No. I watched Highlander last night. The original movie? Yeah, with the Riff Tracks commentary. Oh, oh. that could be interesting. <laughs> yes. Great, now you've got Princes of the Universe by Queen in my head. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, they, uh, they were singing along and then they started singing Flash Gordon halfway through the film. <laughs> <laughs> Once a month, we watch classic pieces of science fiction, usually fairly terrible science fiction. But the night we were watching Highlander, there was a group which comes in on a Friday evening to the same building that we watch these things in, and they sing a particular Finnish drinking song and sort of pound the table. And it can be difficult to hear the movie that we're watching. And during one of the pauses in their singing, they came in and asked us to turn it down. <laughs> we're kind of thinking, yeah, the only reason we have it this loud is because you can't hear it because of you. Either of you guys see the Doctor Who episode last night? I watched most of it. I fell asleep. Really? Oh. Uh, the Sheriff of Nottingham. Mm-hmm. Moffat and Gatiss were being bastards by making him look the way they did. Because he came on screen the first time and I jumped up going, it's the Master. <laughs> he was all in black and the way they had gray streaks in his beard, it was the longer beard of the Masters from the classic series. So you're talking Delgado, Master? Yeah. You know, it didn't occur to me. I watched That's... it, and, and then I watched the extra. And I'm glad I watched the extra, because I recognized the guy playing Robin Hood, and it was driving me mad who he was. Who was he? I didn't, I didn't see the extra. The lead from Da Vinci's Demons. Okay, I haven't seen that show. Yeah. The show of Nottingham, of course, was the bureaucrat from Primeval. Yes, and looking completely different. If I hadn't actually seen the name pop up on IMDb, then I was like, what? Him? I had to wait to hear his voice before I recognized him. With him being made up, looked so much like the classic master, and I can't believe that wasn't on purpose. Interestingly enough, scanning the summary for next week's episode of Doctor Who, they're going to the very end of the universe. Again? Again? Yeah. 
but then Great brings Minds up the whole master thing again. Use at the end of the universe as well. Well, he kind of crossed his own timeline. He did last night. Came very close to it because the first Doctor was in the Crusades with Barbara and Ian. And of course, the lady who was chained and was kind to the peasant who got vaporized happens to be Maid Marian. Yeah, I saw that one coming from my laugh. I thought, okay, you know, that's when you realized I must have fell asleep. There was really no question about the fact that the only other female character in the episode was going to have to be Maid Marian or in some way become. Uh, hang on. The, the only other female character with lines. Yeah. Capaldi's definitely going for the sort of grouchy William Hartnell style. And I'm good with that. I like grouchy William Hartnell. Oh, and then did you see the news that they're doing a radio play or audiobook version of Good Omens? Of course. Come December, that'll be free for everyone? Well, it will, because Radio iPlayer isn't geolocked. Oh. So you should be able to listen to it on Listen Again for at least a week. Yeah, when it comes out, I'll do what I need to do to find a way to download it. But you should be able to listen to it at least. Well, the article promises that everyone in the world will be able to listen to it for free. Anyway, is everyone asked where they should be? I'm at zero zero on the video. Let me see, where do, how do I get to the, the messages again? Oh, good luck. <laughs> Depends what operating system you're on. I have the... So I am. There we go. I love the fact that Mike actually typoed in his correction to my mistake. <laughs> I'm happy. There is balance in the universe. Well, it got a giggle out of me, sir. Memory serves from the conversation. Most things seem to. <laughs> real quick, I gotta say goodbye to my girlfriend real quick. Okay. Okay. Okay, I'm back. That was, <laughs> that was real quick. quick. <laughs> <laughs> Tuning into Sci-Fi TV. Hey everybody, welcome back. I'm Brent Barrett. I'm Kevin Batchelder. I'm Wendy Hembrock. The Viewer's Guide to Genre Television. Welcome everyone to a special Supernatural Focus bonus Hello everyone show. and welcome to The Faith Files. A family of podcasts for the genre-loving television viewer. Welcome to Saturday Bee Movie Reel. Hi everyone, welcome to The Study welcome Group. Welcome to the top genre characters of all time countdown. And tonight we're going to be talking about Game of Thrones Season 3. Find us at TuningIntoSciFiTV.com. Right then, if everyone is suitably cued. I believe I am. Yep, good to go. Jeff, do you have a language preference? Uh, I always prefer German. Fair enough. <laughs> Drei, zwei, ein, clicky. Glad you finished with clicky. I didn't know what the hell you were saying. <laughs> People tell me I speak German and I sound like a Nazi prison guard. Okay then. Yes. High definition close-up. Not many quite happy with that. No. <laughs> ah, Elizabeth. Ms. Weir. Yes, a uh, very blue tint to the screen. <laughs> I'd say they put a filter on, and I'm sure if there'd been a commentary, you could confirm that. Because the DP <laughs> would probably have been on the commentary. <laughs> wow. What What did I drink last night? It sort of reminds me of Saving Hope. Ah, siren wailing. Why were her slippers kicked halfway across the room? Perhaps because somebody else put it to bed. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those parties. Ah, okay. She doesn't know what planet she's on. No, well, Atlantis... Someone's just moved her to a different room in Atlantis and not told her. <laughs> it's a prank by Rodney. Hello? I don't think this would be a Rodney prank. Well, that's good hearing. Yeah. Or were they watching her? Maybe there's a microphone in the room. Well, if you're going to put a microphone, you go the full hog, put video cameras in as well. Good morning, Dr. Weir. 
Oh, damn. <laughs> Where am I? You're in the acute care unit of Willoughby State Hospital. Strange, isn't it? That he guest stars in this episode right after Richard Kind in the other week. Yeah. I'm sorry, you're going to have to brighten me up. This is Alan Rook. He was in Ferris Bueller's Day Off playing Cameron, as Jeff said. Oh. Also in Spin City, Psych, NCIS. He was in a Star Trek movie, too. Yep. Captain Harriman of the Enterprise... C? Enterprise B. It'll be here on Tuesday. <laughs> that was him. Poor sod. <laughs> he got shafted on that command. Okay, then. The Real World, Season 3, Episode 6 of Stargate Atlantis. Gatecast, Episode 243. Yes. This episode was directed by Paul Ziller. This was his one and only episode. Written by Carl Binder. Hmm. And it's US premiere, August 18th, 2006. Canada, October the 16th. UK, November the 22nd, Germany got it November the 21st, 2007, and Japan, November the 19th, 2008. Quite a few shows with episodes of the same name. Brookside, Abby and Brittany, Doctors, Ali McBeal, Token, Filmfellas, and of course there was a reality series called The Real World. I think one of the first. Yeah, I think it was. Very popular. They can run for about 28 seasons, <laughs> for Christ's sake. We're on MTV. Yeah, when you look at MTV over the years, they've certainly changed the, the programming, haven't they? Music videos, reality television, scripted drama. You had just begun mediating a treaty for the UN when you collapsed mid-speech. That almost, those windows there almost look like portholes in a spaceship. He, he looked very mirror universe. Mm. Yeah. The treaty negotiation was the final straw that triggered what is known as a brief reactive psychosis. I know you're confused. You think? <laughs> Even if you, if you didn't think you were on another planet, you'd be confused. These episodes usually pass within a number of days. I'm sorry, but how did I get here? Wondering. Good question. Hmm. Yeah. So, who does Christina play? We'll get to her. Have yes. patience, Alan. I just want to hear you try and pronounce this, don't I? Yeah, cheers, mate. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> um, she must not be viewed as violent if she's in that office with him. No. Did you want to talk to someone regarding the treaty? The UN Accord. Non-nuclear proliferation in North Africa. That's what you were mediating when you collapsed. Well, like I say, if, if she had collapsed at a meeting for ne- negotiated treaty, then, you know, probably just classing it as rehabilitation. Hmm. One of the complaints I did read about the episode was a lot of science fiction series have this sort of story. Yeah. And it's always kind of counterproductive because you know that this is wrong. Yeah. Well, I suppose you just... Uh, I thought the way they ended the Buffy one was interesting. Well, they, they it... threw pretty much everything into the Buffy one. They put it the ringer. This, this can't be real. Dr. Weir, I assure you, it is real. Okay. Okay, then yes. There is somebody I need to speak with regarding the treaty. Right away. Now, who's this? Who's this? He got his second star. <laughs> hey! Oh, thank God. Jack! General O'Neill. Dr. Weir? Thank you so much for coming. I, hopefully you'll be able to help sort out this entire mess. Anything I can do to help. Looking pretty good, Jack. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you got some liposuction? <laughs> no, this was before he had his little illness and he put on all the weight. <laughs> it is a relief just seeing a friendly face. Yeah, I was going for friendly. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've missed. It, it looks like he's squeezing in the chair there. The last thing I remember, 
I was in Atlantis and everything was fine. And next thing I know, I wake up here. Everything was fine in Atlantis? My grandma had a couch cover just like that, which I believe she did knit herself. <laughs> I have one that's black and orange that my grandmother knitted. Oh, right. <laughs> it must be generic to all grandmothers. <laughs> At some point in their life, they get knitting just like I think so. <laughs> They've got all these balls of wool just sitting there loose from various cardigans over the years. <laughs> you ran Stargate Command. You are probably the most qualified person on this planet. Yeah, okay. Why are you doing this? What? I'm not trying to do anything. If you don't know what I'm talking about, then you're not really Jack O'Neill. Oh, I'm Jack O'Neill, all right. That's the one thing in this conversation I am sure about. Jack's kind of looking... Well, yeah. <laughs> Although I'd, I'd be concerned about a treaty about having nuclear proliferation in Africa. <laughs> That'd be disturbing. Scary. Except that it was a fairly mediocre Donovan song. Not one of my favorites. The continent of Atlantis was an island which lay before the Great Flood in the area we now call the Atlantic Ocean. Yes. Jack was always sure about yeah. that. Not much else. <laughs> that I had to check up on because never a fan of Donovan or that music from that era. But it was a 1968 single, actually number one in Switzerland, top five in Germany, South Africa and Austria, number 23 in the UK. But strangely, only a B-side in America, so how Jack knew of it. One of the writers is a serious Donovan fan. <laughs> oh good, they spelled Neil's right Neil's name right in the subtitles. Yeah, two L's. Alright. Listen, for what it's worth, I hope you get better soon. We need you. Whoop. Okay, Jeffrey Coombs is gonna come out of the, the hallway <laughs> now. There's a lot of throwable stuff. Yeah. I don't think I'd really want that in a psychiatric hospital. Well, this isn't a secure wing. Well, it's still pretty secure. Nurse station is behind Plexi. <laughs> go on, go on, I dare you. <laughs> it's not subtle, Elizabeth. Well, that's how they can't get rid of the... Uh... He's there. Bam Bam. There's going to be action if uh, Bam Bam's on screen. <laughs> oh, yeah. holy crap. <laughs> Gareth, Gareth. <laughs> See, a CRT being key looks so much better than a flat screen. <laughs> And he's, he's always on hand, isn't he? It's as if he lurks just around the corner. I'd say that's the high security level of the low security wing of a hospital. Hmm. Or opening. Interesting. I wondered if there was some context to this. The, the armband has changed the wrist. If she's been classified or whether it was just a simple continuity. I'd say it were probably a simple continuity. <laughs> That'd be my guess as well, because it, it would need to change color for there to maybe be uh, some significance. Yeah. From blue to yellow. Yeah, red or green or whatever. And no Department of Homeworld Security. <laughs> Can you trust him? He's a psychiatrist after all. <laughs> what are you trying to say? You only studied things. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes when a person experiences a significant emotional trauma, their mind just decides to shut down to escape the pain. The mind shuts down to escape the pain. That sounds familiar, Cameron. Mm. Yes. Did you see me change clothes? <laughs> and the sheepish grin on his face. <laughs> I've always liked Alan Rook, though. I tuned in to Bunheads just because he was in it. Which one? And Bunheads. I don't know that one. No, it went on one of the main networks. And it's been cancelled now. But 
he got killed in the first episode. <laughs> oh, so he did an Alan Tudyk. <laughs> oh, Simon Wallace, of course, callback, yeah. Yeah. We're no longer in a relationship. But... You were coming home from dinner. A car ran a red light and broadsided you, impacting the driver's side door. Simon was killed instantly. I do always like seeing him. It's been kind of a shame. Well, he had Spin City, but he hasn't really had a regular set of parts other than just guesting everywhere. Yeah, that's pretty much how he makes his thousands, makes his living at the moment. Yeah. Rather than minions. Clear signs of depression. Confusion. No. It culminated in your collapse at the negotiation. No. I'm sorry, I don't believe you. Sometimes the mind's only way to cope with tragedy is to completely erase it from memory. And on rare occasions, supplant it with something else. In this case, something. Yeah, Patrick Rothwell speculated about that in the first <laughs> Name of the Wind. <laughs> what are you looking at, Elizabeth? <laughs> Believe it or not, that shadowy figure got a credit. Really? Christian Latterman. Hmm. Is he credited as a shadowy figure? Something like that, yeah. <laughs> He's not credited as a Superman, then. He's leading to the woodland to kill her. Mom. Right then, this is Mrs. Catherine Weir, Elizabeth's mother. Christina Jasrazanska. The great thing is, you don't know if I pronounced that right or not. <laughs> Probably haven't. And that's what I was looking for. That location. I have seen that in some other show. I'm, I'm sure I've seen it in Stargate. It does look uh, like a familiar setting. Yeah, I'm sure that this bench they sit on, I've seen Daniel sitting on it <laughs> at some point. During one of his crazy episodes? Something like that. Daniel's always sitting on a bench somewhere. <laughs> yes. He's got his own plaque on one of them. <laughs> so, don't worry about her committing suicide by hanging then, just by giving her a robe with a sash. <laughs> but neither did the last two years of my life. I just, I can't believe it was all a figment of my imagination. Go with that thought, Elizabeth. Give it time. The doctors here will help you get through this. The accident... Was it? Was it really an accident? Conspiracy. Getting that phone call was the worst night of my life. We all miss Simon terribly, but... Yes, everybody liked him. Even when he was an alien, everybody liked him. Yeah, everybody was an alien. Oh, wait. I have something. It's a razor blade. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> Hacksaw. Your father's watch. I found it a few months ago. Now, that is actually a prop they've used in the show so far, but only as a kind of keepsake on Weir's desk. This is the actual first time they make full reference to it. Okay. I see. Yeah, that's it. Bang your head off it. That's not going to do any good. <laughs> if, if I knew we were going to depress you like that, I wouldn't have brought the damn thing. <laughs> I've always liked that. Mine has, uh, I can't remember now, the cartoon character on it. Mine does not. The old cat. Top cat? No. Felix. Felix. <laughs> I have angry Felix. Come on, all we need now is for it to rise above the bed. I'm not sure if they actually tried to make it more ominous. I mean, <laughs> the music adds to the effect, of course. I know this is a mental care facility, but I would have thought a more lively, a more refreshing colour scheme for this room would have helped enormously. Hello? Oh, shabby oh. we figure again. <laughs> that looks like Alan too, uh, rough, though. And she gets out of bed and puts her feet on the ground. Ooh, cold, cold, cold. Right. 
<laughs> go on, just rip them apart. It's just our curtain hung against the window. Nothing can go wrong. Whoa. Nice. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> and he's there again. There again, yep. This is weird. He lives yeah. there. He doesn't. He just, he's got a little catch outside the door. <laughs> All of a sudden, she looks a lot more healthy when she's in a room with nice, you know, warm colours and lighting. Mm -hmm. And also stronger antipsychotic medications. These should help reduce the acute symptoms you're experiencing. Wipe out the last two years of my life. Which never happened, woman. <laughs> she told me how, as a child, you had a brief phase where you dreamed of being an astronaut. She and your father even bought you a telescope for your 12th birthday. It's true. Oh, nice. Sometimes childhood fantasies can offer a peaceful refuge from the harsh realities of adult life. It's a bit of a leap from the astronaut that she was would have known as a child to what she's actually saying happened to her. Very, yeah, very different. It traveled as far as it could to escape the pain. And in the matter of three days, I managed to live out an entire two years of my life. Time is relative in the dream state. People live out entire lifetimes in the blink of an eye. He has an annoyingly calm voice. Imagine you were in my position, listening to your story. Traveling to another galaxy through a stargate. Leading an expedition to the lost city of Atlantis. Well, you, you would think so. It's kind of required for the profession, isn't it? Mm. I'm no, a psychiatrist. I, I've been to many, and none of them have ever spoken like that. <laughs> oh, the ones I've had to interact with do. Have you interacted with them as a teacher or as a patient? As a colleague. I like this. She's got better unrestricted access to the internet psychiatric hospital than I have at work. <laughs> now, this was a puzzle. Supposedly, he was driving, and it's an American car. So the damage is in, on the wrong side. You ever see, did you ever see the movie Commando? Yes. Well, we all know that problem with the yellow Porsche and its door. Yes. <laughs> um, but that car accident scene they had on the computer screen, that was just from the episode where Teal thought he was a paramedic, wasn't it? Well, that, that was a fire as well, wasn't it? But didn't, wasn't there a car accident scene in that sequence of jumping he was doing with Braytac? Yeah, but I don't think we actually saw a car on its side. Who knows, it might have been. Oh, you're right, maybe we didn't. Oh, I was going to, but they're out there, so I decided it would be better to wait. The others? Yes, four of them. Did they see you? Of course. They were waiting for me. This is Enid, played by Gina Stockdale. <laughs> I told them what you told me to say. That my blood isn't theirs for the taking. Good for you, Enid. That was very brave. The the, the set director messed up. See the gold thing behind Weir? Hmm? It's a steam radiator. On the other side is the actual radiator underneath the window for the building. <laughs> so they need our warm blood for theirs. You have to be very careful. <laughs> Dr. Fletcher doesn't think they're real. But I know the truth. Dr. Weir, would you like to speak next? Perhaps you can tell the group about your experience in Atlantis. Yeah, this is almost saying, look, this woman's crazy. You're sure you're not crazy as well? <laughs> I mean, men from Saturn, cold-blooded men from Saturn who wanted our warm blood. That's right out of anything from the 30s or 40s B-movie. Yep. I and actually just saw it would la last weekend, too. <laughs> you know your B-movies, Mike. <laughs> well, actually, Paul Zillow directed this. His resume... Is quite full of movies that I would watch on the sci-fi. <laughs> and this is so different to them. Yes, you and only you. 
No, I... Millions of people watch them, mate. Yeah. I know. Oh, it's a cat. Kill it. Kill it. Oh. Panting. You're going crazy. Crazy. Uh-oh. <laughs> Where's the growling coming from? Hmm. Wraiths don't growl, do they? Yeah. Oh, not supposed to be a wraith, is it? <laughs> Ah, that reminds me of the Sapphire and Steel episode that terrified me as a child. The what up? Sapphire and Steel. I don't know that one. You know the episode I mean, Mike? I've probably mentioned it to you. Uh, not a fan, no. It's the one with the guy without a face. Well, that bit still to come as well. See, now she's going to actually take her pills. Like a good girl. Don't that's do it. Awful, that's a lot of pills. Not very many, actually. It's a tiny amount of water for four pills, that's right. Speaking of someone that takes medication regularly. Well, she hasn't been there long enough, but psych patients can take even bigger batches than that without a lot of water. They can take them dry. They've just, they're that used to them. It's concerning in its own right. Mm. Will I ever remember the accident? I don't know. Often in cases like this, the memory of the trauma never returns. <laughs> Which is fortunate, because we haven't got that much of an imagination. <laughs> I suppose that's a good thing, really. I mean, there's pain enough even without remembering it. And we can't get Simon back for a car accident scene. <laughs> what? It's just you're doing great. I'm taking my pills. I'm impressed. You're sleeping well? Yes, I'm sleeping better than I can remember. Good. I think you're ready. Ready? Dinner. <laughs> oh, they let it go. <laughs> Someone's been looking after the garden, at least. Mm. You know, it's real. It's re finally they, they put her in clothes that fit. Yeah, I'm gonna say. Because actually, wow. that leather jacket is quite snug. That's exactly how I remember it. <laughs> oh, Sedgwick! Hey, sweetie. Hey, hey. Welcome home, sweetheart. Oh. Uh, Sedgwick. That is Tori's own dog. Unfortunately, passed away this year. Oh, sorry. That doesn't look like the home they've had her in in the past. Was that supposed to be your mom's home? No, uh, before it was a house, wasn't it? Yeah. Big long drive and everything. Hello, hello. Who knows, maybe she moved into the house just before she went to Atlantis. Enough with the general, okay? It's Jack. Ah, but which Jack is it? <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm sorry, I was just trying to have some fun at my own expense. Too soon, maybe. So you all settle back in? Getting there. That doesn't look like the home they've had her in in the past. Was that supposed to be your mom's home? No, uh, before it was a house, wasn't it? Yeah. Big long drive and everything. Who knows, maybe she moved into that house just before she went to Atlantis. Unfortunately, I have to say this looking a little too much like Continuum at this point, but... What's wrong with it looking like Continuum? Continuum's a great show. <laughs> was it. I like the sparkly top. It must be catching the lights from the cameras. Did we get a fall, by the way? Have we had confirmation of that? No. It is a very sparkly oh. top. I hadn't noticed that. Not just okay. They're insisting. Really? When you're the best, you're the best. Even if you've had a little... setback, so to speak. Setback. His hand was about <laughs> to go to his temple and twirl, wasn't it? 
you're telling me that there's talks about nuclear weapons and it's on hold because one person is ill? <laughs> I don't buy that. No, it's rather too important to wait mm. for one person. Something that important would have a team of negotiators. She might have been the one in charge, but there still would have been four or five others working with her and working under her. Oh, it's great great to have uh, RDA back. Is that gesture in use in the States? The twirling finger at the temple to indicate something that's nuts? Yeah. That's a weird lighting thing. The dog now looks brown. (laughs) Didn't it? And that light, the dog looked a different color. How does one sleep with that many pillows on the bed? Uh, I have slept in rooms that people have let me with that many pillows and I've basically chucked roughly nine of them onto the floor. What I would do. Actually, that was recently. That was December. June. (laughs) That was June. Sorry. I only got back to Ireland twice a year. Beep, 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 beep. Yeah. (laughs) Something is going to happen. Wouldn't it have been interesting if they had actually flipped the show totally and made out these first two years were a memory of something they'd made up? Hmm. And then it turned into an alien invasion type show. I don't know if the fans would, would stay on board with doing that. No, probably not. But they could have had the same characters as aliens from another planet, you know. True. It's getting worse. It's not just our brain anymore. It's spread throughout our body. We're losing her. It seems rather late in the episode to finally show Atlantis. Yeah. We're just over halfway. Still seems a bit bit long to wait. How'd they get inside her? Neom. The attacker in the puddle jumper. In that one brief moment of contact, he managed to infect her with nanites that began replicating immediately. Now they're multiplying exponentially, consuming her. How much time does she have? I don't think their intentions to kill her. If that were the case, they could have easily done it already. Well, yeah, considering there's nobody's going to buy the fact that what Weir was experiencing was real. Might as well be upfront about it so you can enjoy the drama of what Weir's going through. I'm not quite sure that extra thick plastic sheeting is the best mm. Atlantis could do for a containment unit. Well, you know, nanobots can't chew through plastic, right? EMP. <laughs> Somewhere in Atlantis, <laughs> there's a lab with energy shields for this exact purpose. True. Do you think the energy shields would work? <laughs> well, I can this Actually, you know, yes, I do think it would work. If we attempt to disable them, we'll likely end up killing her along with them. Then how do we help her? But at the moment, as he's saying, they don't want to escape. You know, they're actually eating a body, converting it into new nanites, until they get to the point where they can create their own being. It's as if the nanites themselves have convinced their immune system that they pose no threat. How do they do that? I have no idea. Which is fortunate, because... One of the people had that stupid red suit on, which isn't airtight, yet it had an independent air supply. For the moment, we're losing this battle. I bet you got a killer headache. (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't have noticed it back then, but really looking too much like Tinuum, and I think that building front was in a continuum episode. I think that was a bang. (laughs) Interesting question. If you were going a street view without signs or anything... Could you identify it being Canada or America? Um, not especially. There are some little differences, but not nothing big. I don't know a thing about football. Nor hockey, apparently. It's nice, though. Nice little location. Cool little atrium for the building. For your, I should say. It looked official without being too ornate or going into too expensive. Yeah, they probably just had to move the receptionist's desk out of the way and throw mm. up those flags, and they're good to go. <laughs> We've got ten minutes. It's dinner break. <laughs> that is the state flag for Virginia there. Is it? Right. Or actually the Commonwealth flag. Virginia is a Commonwealth. All right. 
Now, just to be sure we're on the same page, we're against the proliferation of nuclear weapons, right? Got it. I like that one, Joe. We are against nuclear proliferation, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. The problem with adjusting medication is it generally takes about 8 to 12 weeks to become effective. Yep. You think she's aware we're here? How can she be? She's unconscious. Come on, Rodney, go with it. It's not going to do any harm, is it? You may be right. You could try talking to her. Tell her to keep fighting. And that will help exactly how? In a coma, one sense of hearing is the last thing to go and the first thing to return. Yeah, Rodney, Rodney, listen. Carson is telling you to talk. <laughs> this shouldn't be a difficult instruction for you to follow. Tell you what, Rodney, go read her your most recent research papers. Read them out. He wants to hear them, man. <laughs> All the to recover from the coma, not die. <laughs> we suggest you may well be able to hear us. What the hell are they doing to her? I wish I knew. The immune boosting drugs are having no effect. It's party time in Weir's head. Don't they have one of those memory visualization device thingies? Oh, good question. No, they're the Tokra. They don't lend them out. They always send one of their own people to actually run it. But... <laughs> Rodney does an awful lot of things in front of a mirror. <laughs> but why wouldn't the, the Atlanteans have had something like that in their medical bays? Maybe because they've never needed one? You know, if Carson's right and you can hear me, I suppose I should say something profound. Something profound. You can find right. some Johnny Cash. This plastic, can she hear him? But you should know. We're doing everything we can to get you through this. Interesting design for a rug. Yeah, shouldn't that be on the floor? Yeah, why is it hanging up the wall? <laughs> no, it looks like a wall hanging. Okay. That's a big pill bottle. <laughs> Boo! Here. There we go. You're not who you think you are. That's an actual condition. Well, an actual condition where you can't distinguish facial features on individuals. Oh yeah. Oh, I, I have a, I have a mild form of that. It's a type of aphasia. Let's not forget Capgras syndrome as well. You know about Capgras? Nope. Capgras, you become convinced that your friends and loved ones have been replaced by duplicates. Oh, okay, yeah, I've heard of it. I haven't had to they, deal with it. They aren't you? They no. say they are. We're doing everything we can to bring you back, but you've got to do your part. Gotta fight this. Wow, John is very convincing, isn't he? <laughs> you don't sound convinced. <laughs> I'm sure this is just a result of the adjustment I made to your medications. Oh no. See, now you've made the doctor doubt himself. Evil woman. It's all a question of balance. And now I have the opening of uh, Black Magic Woman. <laughs> His office far, far too retro. Mm. Don't worry. We'll get you back to normal. That was a... I got the impression there was a cut there. Might have been. A sudden jump to the bedroom. I am a shadowy figure. Not much of a guard dog. What do you want? Wake up, Sedgwick. Wake up. That was Shepard there. Actually, Sedgwick appears to be awake, but a stuffed dead dog. Until <laughs> the head moves. The eyes are open. The ears weren't even twitching. It is well trained. Stay. Right. <laughs> right. Play dead. Okay. Do, does she have anything else you wear to bed, though? That's the same. That's her favourite T-shirt to go to bed in, just as she's got that red one for work. No, wait. Ooh. Ooh. 
how many times has Stargate used this device of putting a portal in a doorway? <laughs> well, at least once with uh, Daniel when he went crazy. So they even reused it in the same episode type, but I think they used it with... Didn't Sam do that one, have to open a door to a Singularity once? Like when that... No, uh, when Orlan arrived, he actually built a little Stargate in her uh, room and maxed her... out her credit cards. Yeah, in her basement, yeah. Why am I back here? They're worried. Frankly, so am I. Creepy much, Jack. Yeah. Yeah, this is why we've locked you up again. Look, obviously I've been pushing you a little hard on this treaty thing. No. I feel fine. Well, you're not. You think? <laughs> you're gonna be here until you get better. Yes, because that's obviously the best thing to do. Right here, next to your bed. Yeah, you didn't know her a couple of, however many weeks or months it was. Okay, we think we found a way to uncouple the nanite cells from Elizabeth cells. We? Oh. We? <laughs> <laughs> that means it was Carson's idea. <laughs> it finally occurred to me why I wasn't having any success. What were the nanites originally designed to do? Fight the race. Exactly, so that's what we're getting to do now. We think by implanting a small amount of ray tissue into Dr. Weir's body. It's like a tumor. I, a small tumor, yes. The nanite cells will essentially... will attack it. They have to. It's what they are programmed to do, which will draw them away from Elizabeth's cells, effectively unbinding them. What? Awesome! Seriously, I'm like, Beckett is Dr. Frankenstein. <laughs> Momentarily distraction to draw them away from her so we can zap them with the EM pulse. The best way to cure my patient is to give her a brain tumor. <laughs> yeah, the expressions on these, these faces. What the hell? John, yeah, go for it. Yeah, John's like, yeah, this sounds like a plan. <laughs> John, is your IQ in single digits? Nah, it sounds just bat crap crazy enough to work. This is the million to one chances occur nine times out of ten. <laughs> oh, you can see the where they pasted the gate symbol on. Look, you're ruining the show. Cheer up. <laughs> that symbol looks awfully like male genitalia. <laughs> I always thought of it as the potato symbol. I've seen potatoes that look like male genitalia. Well, I don't know about anybody else, but I think Jane Seymour did this scene so much better in that Bond movie. So why not want a bit in each leg? You know, kind of divide and conquer. Well, if they're putting it in the right leg, then I'll send it right back up into the heart to be spread through. Aren't we supposed to turn off all Earth-based equipment in the room before we do this? The EM pulse will be directed through the scanner, so the other equipment should be fine. The symbols on the cards, the proper symbols, were in the wrong order, and some upside down. As you wrote them down, that's accurate. I keep saying these symbols. Eight of them. Do they mean something to you? This is the dialing sequence for the Stargate. Doesn't prove anything, though, does it really, Elizabeth? No. Dialing sequence like a phone number? Like, I know you think I'm delusional. Nope. No, I'm Someone's talking to me in my head. <laughs> yeah. And there are vampires, intergalactic vampires. Yeah. <laughs> and what are they trying to say? That Atlantis is real. And that I have to get back there. And so we're the fantasy? Oh, nearly yeah, every woman's fantasy. Come on. No, that's yes. Cliff Simon. You know, I don't mind being fantasized about occasionally. Simple. Very simple. <laughs> oh, she doesn't sound crazy at all. Go to Stargate Command. So now you just want to waltz into NORAD, is that it? I know what you told me. But I also know what I feel. Atlantis is real. And I will get back there. Yeah, logic and reason against emotion. Yay! 
Oh, I see. <laughs> Real time. That's why they did the leg. So they draw all the nanites to there, and that's a yeah. reasonably safe spot to do the EMP. Why not the big toe? <laughs> Just in case you had to chop it off. Oh. Yeah, that was a bit dodgy, saying yeah. that the scanner could handle the EMP. Because the ancient design got around a little problem there, didn't they? They didn't get them all. How is that possible? I don't bloody know. They've been using organic material to replicate, which has rendered them immune to the impulse. So now what? They've started replicating again. I don't bloody know. <laughs> He's angry now. Yeah, it's because of the replicating. As we've seen in the Milky Way replicators, they are built on what they replicate. So if they're eating away at Elizabeth, EMP ain't gonna affect them. The pills are not gonna help me. Not if you won't let them. Oh, camera's tilting. The camera. Oh. Get off her, Bam Bam. <laughs> Come on, raid kung fu. Being strapped down. Which, by the way, <laughs> was that Venusian Aikido that the doctor used last night? I think so. Are we going with ECT? Don't do this. Yes, we're going with ETT. This will hurt. What's your safe word, Elizabeth? <laughs> They're supposed to give her a bite thing. Yep. What do we do now? Tap her again. Keep it up till they are gone. Again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the arteries that supply blood flow to the higher functions of our brain. They're telling us they can kill her if they want to. Nurse, switch over to 100% oxygen stat. Start on a norepinephrine. Five mics per minute. Oh, so we can't then. Woo. What's a mic? Microgram or, um, yeah, microliter or something like that. Whatever the whatever measurement they're using at the micro of it. This was quite a leap by John. The replicators see us as organic machines. They're trying to take control of the machine they're in. You mean replace Elizabeth's consciousness? Maybe when we zapped her with the EMP, we killed enough of them to even out the odds. Gave her a fighting chance at stopping them. Uh, reality check? There are microscopic robots in her brain. How does she fight that? You said her mind was active. Like she was thinking, reacting, living her life. Hmm. <laughs> even Rod's going, eh? He should be thankful. Rodney would, couldn't, yeah. would never have thought of this. Nah, yeah. Battle of Wills. Exactly. Her neural activity supports Colonel Shepard's hypothesis, Rodney. So what, we can't do anything? I can increase the oxygen levels in her blood, give a lot more time, but... See, Rodney, pure engineering. Hmm. Rodney's too locked into the robot aspect to see the yeah. correlation and analogies. <laughs> he's, still, he's still not there. <laughs> Look perplexed. We have to fight this. Fight this. <laughs> Again, <laughs> go for it. Colonel Shepard had the hypothesis. Does Colonel Shepard even know the meaning of the word hypothesis? Yes, he's a Mensa member, or could be. That was back from the first season. Yeah. And as we learned from Rod, he's a member of the Mensa Club on, in the other universe. <laughs> Little boot is on. So you know this is crazy world. So run towards the scary faceless people. Yeah, because you can't run in a corridor with those booties. They have no grip. <laughs> oh. And the camera tilting and everything. Closed door, closed door, closed door! <laughs> Go on, you could have shoved your hand in there. Yeah, and then you could have turned it into a little metal thing and expanded the door open again. <laughs> Just off guilty. Nobody's there. Take six. <clears throat> Everybody offset. <laughs> oh, there's usually a security guard post there. Mm. Daniel usually comes around the, the green first line. Corner. Yes, follow the green line. Nothing really spooky about a place that you normally see filled with people when it's empty. You're safe now. Where am I? Stargate Command. It's okay. Follow me. Elizabeth. Yeah, everybody's fine. Don't listen to them. 
What's wrong? This way. Go to the scary faceless man. Trust him. Yeah. I'm not going to hurt you. The hell you aren't. All this running, it's like an episode of Doctor Who. Guns. Uh oh. These guys mean business. They've begun to spread faster. We're losing her. Oh, he's going to do something stupid. What are you doing? What are you crazy? She can infect you. Elizabeth. That's the idea, though. Draw some off. John. I'm in your dreams. No, it's not that movie. Yes. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Look in the eyes. Not around the eyes. Look in the eyes. <laughs> do it. We have to fight him. So fight. Elizabeth. Follow the shiny light. You have to come with us. Look, I'm a general. Do what you're told. I'm sorry. You know which way you have to go. Run. Yay, run towards the sound of gunfire. I assume that must be CGI gunfire, because mm. even blanked would be a bit risky. Put into isolation and run a scan immediately. Yeah. Couldn't they have just put, like, a sparker into the, the end of the barrel or something like that? That looks very clean for a change. Perhaps in Weir's mind, the SGC isn't more immaculate than it normally <laughs> looks. Oh, that was a seriously fast dial. Yeah. I can't let you go. You're not General O'Neill. I'm many men. Elizabeth, listen to me. You see that? That's the Stargate. And yes, leaving is exactly what I plan to do. I won't let you go. You can't stop me. On the contrary. Hello, here he is. There we have. Niam's back for his guest appearance, John O'Callaghan. That's right. He can't help you now, and you can't possibly get past me. So you see, you've lost. Hmm. Well, I don't have to get past you, just through you. Right. Yes, you're not actually physically here, mate. You know that, don't you? <laughs> yeah, well then you survived, but you've killed John. <laughs> yes. He gave his life for you. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Hello! No, it's a long, lingering track on Rachel's exposed belly. <laughs> Infirmary, how are you feeling? Ronan was even looking kind of happy, like he wanted to wave at her or something. <laughs> yes. Back in Atlantis. You never left. They're probably still thinking this was an easy episode for me to yeah. film. I'm going to turn up for two scenes. <laughs> That's what I like. That's a gorgeous side of the city there. Yep, Atlantis filmed at night with all its lights lit. It looks fantastic. It really does. Final scene of the mild introspection. Still up, huh? Oh, I can't imagine why. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're not quite sure where you're going to wake up. Yeah. Understandable. I'm glad to see you've been released from quarantine. Oh, that's fortunate, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I guess the uh, nanites were too focused on you to spread to me. Millions of little nanites. Not one thought, hey, I'll get him. <laughs> He's trouble. Well, there's some sense in it because the guy was trying to take her over so he could recreate himself. He can't very well spread to two bodies. Yeah, he can. He could, but for the logic for the writers, kind of makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Felt longer, huh? Yes. Lifetime. Well, it's good to have you back in the real world. At least I think it's the real world. I can be infected right now, which makes me the one. That... John? Don't. Sorry. I still think it was a mistake not to at least explore a possible relationship with these pair. Because when they have these quiet moments together, it works. It does, but I think they had to keep back from it so that it wouldn't be 
one more copy from SG1, because then it would have been Jack and Sam all over again, and just left with Sam being the one outranking Jack. You're allowed to say that she'd be on top. Every science fiction series needs a cook. Right. Mm-hmm. John was this show's cook. As Rodney even let us know everything. Yeah. <laughs> Okay then, that was the real world. As you said, and as some of the reviews of the episode I read, a lot of people did have problems with the length of time it took them for actually reveal the fact that it was kind of a all a mind play, a mind trick. Obviously, we knew that right from the word go. It makes you wonder why they pushed it so far. Can't think of why they would, other than unless they just didn't have feel they had a useful enough footage from the rest of the cast that they needed to put it all on uh, Elizabeth's shoulders. Yeah, and as we've seen, when they do write Tori an episode, she can carry it off very well. Right. It's one of the minor criticisms I have of Atlantis, is that they didn't use her character very well. The problem with, I think, if you look at TNG, they gave Picard enough to do, even though he really left the ship. Yet here you have Elizabeth, who really leaves the base, but when she doesn't, she really she just stands there, gives orders, and that's it. They never built a character enough. Yeah, I think they're too hung up on... No, I can't remember his name, the original general. Hammond. Yeah. They were trying to treat her as Hammond, but they gave her way more characterization than Hammond had at the beginning. Left her feeling kind of hanging, because she could have done a lot more off-world, or they could have brought people back to Atlantis more often for her to deal with. Well, yeah, that's why it was surprising in last week's episode when she went, where are you going? I'm going with you. <laughs> you <know>? uh, okay. <laughs> Even though this was another, oh, no, I'm in a mental institution, but I'm not really crazy sci-fi episode, this one... Kind of a letdown with it. Maybe because she's done so little, we can't identify with her in peril to the extent that we could if it was one of our four main team members. I mean, I think if it was Rodney or more particularly Ronan, I think we might have got more out of the episode. That's possible. And it could have been cool for them to have done this with Ronan and we could have seen more of Ronan's potential backstory that we never totally got. We got some of it last episode. But the other thing is um, with the way it ended... With it being, you know, the the nanites in her body, and she just walked through him to beat him in a battle of wills. It really didn't have the same sense of emotional, I don't know, uh, that Daniels with Michello in his head did. Michello. Ended up coming off as just kind of like, oh, hum, replicators. Woo. Not much there. I can't really say because I know what happens subsequently, but we don't spoil. Right. Well, I'd say this is just one cog in the introduction of a third season nemesis to pair up with a wraith. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I know all that, but it's still, even knowing that, I'm still left feeling kind of, yay. You're right. It lacks a bit of a spark. I mean, just imagine if it wasn't Richard Dean Anderson and it was just a third-party character. Mm. It would have fallen completely flat if we had an RDA in there. Yeah, that's one of the reasons Richard Dean Anderson wanted to come back to Stargate. Like I said, he'd had a couple of years off. He'd spent the time with his daughter. He was ready to come back to work. As I said, unfortunately, the SG-1 arc, season 10 arc, mm. pretty much fixed. They couldn't really put him in four or five episodes without totally rewriting the whole arc. Atlantis was a different story, still a lot more flexible. Episodes were being written. Plus, the show needed a little bit of boost in ratings. They admitted that in one of the DVD extra features. Mm. And I think in that respect, having Richard Dean Anderson in the credits of an Atlantis episode for global marketing aspects, or having, you know, MacGyver... <laughs> back on a show on a sci-fi channel worked very well for him i agree yeah the the first two seasons for atlantis from just remembering from when i watched them when they first came on 
it really felt like there are a lot of, oh, look, it's the clone of Season 1, Episode 3 from SG-1. This is the clone of Episode 5, Season 2 from SG-1. They seem to do a lot of retreading of old sci-fi trope. It was sort of an attack of the clones? A little bit. But we were missing the, the really engaging character of Jar Jar Binks, because that just would have made it all, all happy. <laughs> Misa <I> love Atlantis! <laughs> Don't. <laughs> The fun edit of the movie with Jojo taking that completely is far too period. It's called the Phantom Edit. That's the one. Right then, Paul Zilla, who directed this episode, as I said, he only directed the one. To be honest, looking at the way this episode was produced and directed, I'm surprised he did a pretty good job with the, the material on hand. Brace yourself, these are some of the movies he has directed, and I think I've seen them all. <laughs> Ghost Storm, Icequake. Bal the Storm God, Iron Invader, Swarmed, I think it was with Michael Shanks, but I'm not quite sure, and Seeds of Destruction. I don't believe I've seen any of those. Yes, I've seen, I might even own a few of them on DVD. I'm delighted <laughs> to say that I definitely haven't seen any of those. I don't know. Movie snobs a lot on you. <laughs> no, I, there's, there's nothing better on a boring Sunday or Saturday afternoon than some B-level sci-fi films. Cole Binder, who wrote this episode, he wrote two episodes of SG-1, 14 for Atlantis, and six for Stargate Universe. Also wrote for Transporter the Series, LA Complex, and Cedar Cove. So that was The Real World. Next week we are going to be covering Counter-Strike. Sounds familiar. On the next Stargate SG-1. What brings you by? Matter that threatens millions of lives. The Ori Chosen One has reached her full power. I'm trying to bring an entire galaxy from darkness into light. An SG-1 allies resort to an ultimate weapon to stop her. This is our only hope for survival. It's mass murder. But she can't be stopped. Where is the weapon? Next, Stargate SG-1. Sure, it's not an Atari 2600 game. Are you that old, Jeff? Yes, I am. <laughs> yeah, I can remember first playing Pong. Wow, this is brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> I won Atari 2600 by appearing on a national television show <laughs> in 1984. In that was a few years after the 2600 came out, even. Yeah, but it was the basically there were three families on the show, and the family that got eliminated first got the 2600. Ah, okay. And now, of course, you can buy a joystick designed after the uh, VCS, which has sufficient electronics and memory packed into it that it's got pretty much the entire game catalog. Yeah. Here we go. Now I know why Donovan... Okay. What? Now it makes sense why Jack would know him. Go on, man. One of his biggest hits was Mellow Yellow. And I think Jack even referenced that at some point. I think he sang it. Yeah. God, what a a decade. (laughs) Yeah, actually, it kind of makes sense why Jack would know a B-side for him. And I listened to it thinking, what the hell is it? So somebody is uh, coming to pick me up to go, Ingress. <laughs> Jack? Daniel? Are you you? Yeah, you. What? I like the yellow ones. Never mind. Miles McLaughlin posted on the Facebook group for last week's episode. Okay, this was another ridiculous, outlandish, over-the-top spectacle of pure brilliance and awesomeness that only Stargate can deliver. This was a very highly entertaining episode. I could go on and on about what I liked about it. They threw everything and probably the kitchen sink in somewhere to make this episode great. Top it off, we got O'Neill back. I'm probably going to have to go back and watch it again soon. I totally agree, and since I wasn't on that episode, I haven't yet seen it. Or listened to the commentary. That has to be addressed. Thomas Schott, who was one of the guests last week, replied that he had a roaring good time with the episode. 
and that I certainly do need to watch it. Over on our Google Plus page, a simple has mana from Zach Black. I think he may be a Farscape fan as well. Thanks everyone for listening and commenting. As always, love to hear from anyone and everyone. One day we may get enough feedback to have a special show. Well, we can dream. If you want to get in touch with us, you can make use of our contact form over on gatecast.co.uk and our email address is gatecastpodcast at gmail.com. We are also on Facebook and Google+, and on Twitter we are at the Gatecast, which is one word. iTunes and Stitcher Internet Radio carry our feed, and you can also manually add it to any podcatcher that takes your fancy. We also have an additional RSS feed, which has every episode, and they can be found on the website. Okay, let's wrap up then. Okay then folks, that was The Real World, next week Counter-Strike. Thank you very much for listening to the show. Hope you join us next week. Till then, I've been Mike. I've been Alan. And I'm Jeff. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to The Gatecast, hosted by Alan and Mike. Join us at gatecast.co.uk. Stargate forever. Bye.